Amen. So we're going to talk about, begin talking about doctrine uh, and uh, uh, basically uh, doctrine is a, a body of principles uh, in a system of beliefs and a, a doctrine is what the whole Bible teaches about uh, with a particular topic or a subject. And so the definition, a body of principles and system of beliefs, it's kind of like a, a, uh, a matter of fact, uh, stiff type of a definition. Uh, but if you uh, uh, look at your dictionary, that's pretty much the way it's written. Uh, there used to be a game, uh, and still out there now, called Dictionary. And I remember when we would play that and you would have to, uh, you would see a word or something and then you would give a definition to that word. And the way I always thought about it was actually by looking at a dictionary and learn how to kind of think and, and, and write out what it would sound like from a dictionary. And so you read the definitions in the dictionary and you realize that a lot of them are pretty stiff, uh, pretty just matter-of-factly. But the definition of our body of principles and our system of beliefs uh, is found in none other than the Bible that we have uh, and that we uh, uh, love so dearly. And they are plainly laid out, and when you read the Bible, they're narrowly defined. And it is to the Word of God that, that uh, we go for the discovery of these uh, wonderful doctrinal truths. And uh, because there is no other source uh, that you're going to get uh, truth from. Jesus said, in fact, in John 14, He said, I am, I am truth. Amen. I am truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am truth. And so doctrine uh, encompasses, uh, but not only is limited to some of these that I want to uh, bring to your attention right now. You will have the doctrine of God. Uh, you will have the doctrine of salvation. Or uh, in the uh, academia or in the books, it would be called uh, soteriology. Uh, you have the doctrine of Christ. Uh, there's even the doctrine of Satan, there's the doctrine of the church, there's the doctrine of man, there's the doctrine of sin, and there's the doctrine of eschatology, prophecy, so on and so forth. So there also must be an understanding that each of these areas can have components that can become uh, even more specific, uh, as with the doctrine of salvation for instance. Uh, one can obviously include such elements as we talk about the death, burial, and resurrection. It includes repentance. It includes baptism. Uh, it includes being filled with the, the Spirit of God. Uh, you could talk about heaven. Uh, you'll be talking about holiness or a separated lifestyle, etc. Those kind of things. And so the word doctrine, as in the scripture, it appears 51 times in 50 verses throughout the Word of God. And from this list, there are several things observed uh, about the concept of doctrine. So let me bring some of those to you uh, briefly here. Uh, number one, uh, it, it is refreshing. Uh, Deuteronomy 32 and verse 2 says, My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew. Uh, the second thing is it is pure. In Job 11 and verse 4, 
it says, For thou hast said, My doctrine is pure. Uh, then it is to be observed. It is to be observed. Proverbs 4.2 says, For I give you good doctrine. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. Uh, doctrine also is to be embraced early in life. Isaiah 28.9 simply says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. It also has authority. Mark 1.22 says, And they were astonished at his doctrine. Astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. You can also read in Matthew 1.27 and also in Luke 4.32. It also is ordained, doctrine is ordained by God. John 7.16, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Doctrine is to be taught continuously. For when you read in the second chapter of the book of Acts, and verse 42, the Bible says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. Doctrine has the power to break the chains of sin. Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans 6, 17, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Doctrine is the only one true biblical doctrine. First uh, Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other. Teach no other doctrine. The church is to constantly preserve each doctrine. Also in 1 Timothy 4.13, he said, You teach it till I come. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. How long? He said, Till I come. Till I come. He said, Give attendance to it. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation. Give attendance to doctrine. Doctrine. Scripture is the source of doctrine. 2 Timothy 3.16 simply says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Doctrine also is to be preached. In 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word. <clears throat> be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. How? With all long-suffering and doctrine. Amen. There is a sound doctrine. A sound doctrine. 2 Timothy again 4.3 For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I believe we're living in that time now. Even though they had that problem then, we've got that problem now. But their own lust shall they heap unto themselves. Teach, teachers having itching ears. Amen. That's a dangerous place to be. You can also read in Titus 1.9, 1 
as well as Titus 2.1. Amen. Doctrine is to be adorned, put on. Titus 2.10 says not, not prolonging, prolonging, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. Doctrine has different components. We talked about some of them already. Hebrews 6, 1-2, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And verse 2 said, Of the doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Amen. These are There's different components. Amen. That's what I like about the Word of God. I was just talking to somebody yesterday. Amen. Some guys that were not really religious people, and uh, uh, but they were good people, and uh, they had a lot of questions for me, and we were talking to them about the Bible and how important it was. Amen. And, and, and I, I said, there's no better place to start in the Bible than at the beginning. Amen. The beginning when it all started, it's a great time. So there's different things in the Bible. You read through it, there's so many components there that are very good for us. Amen. There's an error in doctrine that is not God-centered. Amen. You've got to realize that, that, that it's important. The Word of God is so important that you want the Word of God to keep you straight. You want the Word of God to keep you on a firm foundation. Notice what Revelation chapter 2, verse 14 says. It simply says, but I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So we have to understand that, that there is an error in doctrine that is not God-centered. There's a lot of people that will speak a lot of things but really they don't know what they're talking about. That's why you and I have to delve into the Word of God once again to get on that, that solid, firm foundation so that we have it in our mind, in our heart, and it will always be there to help withstand all of those voices, if I can say, of false uh, doctrine that will try to come our way and trip us up. There are winds of doctrine that deceive others. Revelations 2 and verse 15. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And then he said, which thing I hate. Which thing I hate. So you see all these components. You see all these different things. You see the importance of doctrine. The word doctrine comes from a Greek word which just simply means teaching. And it refers both to the act of teaching and to what is being taught, the teaching, the subject matter, and what, you're referring, what you are uh, uh, giving to other people. Uh, you, you've no doubt heard of the Torah, the law, uh, and, and they also in Hebrew mean teaching. Therefore, the law of the Lord, just simply in basic terms, basically means basically the teaching of the Lord, and the suffix that you will uh, 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 ology that you will see at the end of a word means a branch or body of learning. In other words, uh, if you took biology, then you will understand that ology refers to a body of learning about organic life. 
so theology refers to the learning or the teaching uh, uh, about God. Thus, when you look at theology, theology and doctrine means basically the same thing, teaching about God. So the word doctrine, as we see it uh, in the uh, pastoral epistles, uh, you, in, first, in first and second Timothy and also in Titus, you will see that word doctrine mentioned 16 or 17, I believe it's 17 times. And this word indicates that the systematic exposition of the Word of God, it is in order. It is in order. So it can mean that a person could be taught uh, in, 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 in different ways. Uh, you could be taught individually, you could be taught in a group setting, or you could be taught, taught in, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, setting of a, a church building, a church house, like we, what we have here. Amen. So it's important. The re so the real emphasis is that that uh, the Word of God or the man of God, such as what I'm doing tonight, uh, the Bible says you must be constantly sowing the good seed of the Word into the lives of those that are around us. And I believe that also is to us as the body of Christ. I don't think we need to leave it to uh, uh, one person or a few people. I believe that every one of us need to be a part of this where we are sowing the good seed of the Word of God into those lives that we come in contact with. And so among biblical scholars, uh, there uh, seems to be, as they teach, there's, there are two branches of theology. Uh, one is known as biblical theology. You might want to write this down. And the other is also known as systematic theology. Uh, me and Brother Tyler here at the church, uh, in his studies at uh, UGST, uh, we get on some of these things from time to time uh, about, uh, about what they are. But, but both of these, the biblical theology and the systematic theology, both must be based upon the Bible and both are essential to, a, to having a solid understanding of the Scriptures. So let me, let me kind of go over these. Notice tonight, I'm just giving an introduction, a basic overview of what doctrine is. And then we're going to be taking off and going uh, for a little while here. So biblical theology uh, will place an emphasis on history. Biblical theology deals with how the historical frameworks uh, of the Old Testament and the New Testament influence their teachings. Every teaching of the Bible came into a particular historical situation and how the message from God was particularly suited to the needs of the people that were in that situation. Biblical theology could more properly be called the historical theology of the Old Testament and the historical theology of the New Testament. Now you also notice we talked about that's biblical theology. Now we have systematic theology. Systematic theology emphasizes a system or the systems of thought. Systematic theology, uh, theologians try to take all the teachings of a particular subject and put them together to give a, full, a fuller picture of that subject. So generally speaking, the subject will be taken from its first mention 
in the scripture and then correlated in a sequential manner so that the topic is formed as it follows a course through the scripture. So the course can either follow a chronological system or follow through consecutive scripture sequence. An example, the Old Testament to the New Testament. And you know that to be true because as you're reading the Bible, you will see that systematic uh, of, 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 of the scripture as it will follow a pattern through the Bible. So the advantage of studying doctrine uh, are very important. When we study the Word of God, there are several uh, considerations I believe that we should remember. In fact, I'm taking these from uh, our, our bishop, our general superintendent, David Bernard, uh, in his book, Doctrines of the Bible. Uh, you, can, uh, you can read it for yourself. Some of you may already have it uh, from page 28. When studying the Bible, he says, we should keep in mind several points. Uh, number one, uh, illumination of the Spirit is necessary. Uh, when I read the Bible or you read the Bible, we need to pray, God, uh, I want this to be, uh, uh, I want the Scripture to light, if I could say it this way, light up my life. I want my mind to be open to receive your Word of God. So the illumination of the Spirit, uh, the anointing of the Spirit, uh, we want that, 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 that revelatory uh, uh, time when we are with the Lord. Number two, the Bible is basically plain. Uh, it is meant, it's meant to be understood. Now I understand sometimes we have a problem with the language of it. Sometimes we might have a problem with, uh, uh, you know, understanding certain words or so on and so forth. But really, basically, the Bible is, is, is a, 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 a plain and I think it's meant to be understood. Uh, do we have to study it sometimes a little harder? Yes. Do we have to research a little harder? Yes. But I think it's there uh, for us to be able to read. Uh, number three, uh, the scripture, scripture interprets scripture. It's very important. Uh, and I, I won't go into detail right now, but uh, we have to understand many times we want to uh, pluck out a certain scripture and then we want to add a meaning to that scripture. Uh, in reality, you need to understand that that a scripture needs to have context. And so sometimes you've got to read before uh, and you have to read after. Uh, some is in your face, as is, but scripture scripture will interpret scripture. So you need to keep that in mind. Amen. Don't, don't, don't bring something out of context. You need the context of that chapter or maybe even some more. And sometimes another part of the Bible will help you add context. Number four, truth was revealed progressively from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's very important to understand that. Somebody says, well, I'm just going to read the Old Testament. I understand it better. Well, the problem with that is, is that you've got a lot of loose ends that you're going to have to tie up somewhere. You need the Old Testament and you need the New Testament. Amen. One, you cannot have one without the other. They both go hand in hand. Amen. So understand that. There's progressively, truth, will, truth was revealed progressively through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Number five, the Bible presents a unified theology. Amen. Number six, no doctrine stands on one passage alone or is hidden in some kind of an obscure passage. Number seven, the Bible is accommodated to the human mind, but not to error. Not to error. You've got to understand that. The Bible is accommodated 
to the human mind, but not to error. And number eight, each passage has one primary meaning, but can have also many applications. So I'm hoping you're grasping this tonight. I'm hoping you're understanding because as we go forward and deal with different subjects uh, and basic doctrines of the Word of God, I want you to receive and understand uh, how, how we get to some of the places we are. So we have a confidence, I believe, that God has revealed, preserved, and transmitted His Word to us today and that we understand His Word. Why? Because His Word is the Bible. That's what the Bible is all about. We call it the Word of God. So in addition to these points, I believe also that there are several advantages that come as we uh, seriously study doctrine. One, the study of doctrine will keep us from spiritual error. I, I, I fear many times when somebody, uh, when you ask them a question, do you read the Bible, and they kind of they kind of grin or maybe kind of chuckle and, and, and they'll say something like, no, I, I don't read it like I should. Uh, if you're a saint of God and, and you are not into the Word of God, that's a very dangerous place to be. Uh, once again, it's the Word of God. Uh, the psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So let me just put it this way. It's the Word of God, once again, as I said earlier, that, that will help you withstand Every wind of doctrine or every kind of deception that will come your way, you got to get into the Word of God. Because studying the Word of God, getting it in your heart, will help you, uh, keep you from spiritual error. So it's important to seek out and pursue uh, the tenets of faith uh, that are expressed in the Word of God. So, so uh, if the true core of our uh, apostolic doctrine is lost, then all that is dear to us, who are apostolic Pentecostals, will soon follow. That's, that's one of the fears that I have, uh, you know, uh, growing up. I didn't used to worry about this, but now that I'm older, uh, one of the things I worry about is, is uh, uh, losing, uh, for people to uh, losing that, that relationship and uh, the core apostolic doctrines. I don't want to ever lose that, uh, because if you lose it, then everything that's been dear to us uh, will soon follow and it'll fade away and it'll be gone in the background. So don't lose it. Stay on the word. So, uh, you know, take heed. Take heed unto thyself. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. In fact, 1 Timothy 4, uh, verses 1 through 5. Notice what it says here. He said, Now the, now, now the Spirit speaketh, speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Number two, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. And verse 4, he said, For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused. If it be received, notice what he said, if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Also in 1 Timothy 4, 
and I'm going to jump down to verse 13 through 16. Notice what he said. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed of thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear. That's, that's the burden that's on the, the pastor, the shepherd of the, of, the, of the church, but also on the other ministering brethren of the church and the laity. I believe that we all need to understand the importance of giving attendance to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. And continue in them. Continue in them. Why? Because you want to be saved. And also you want those that you talk to to be saved. So in 2 Timothy 4, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Notice what he said. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. You've heard this before. Preach the word. Be instant in season out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with long suffering and doctrine. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And verse 4 said, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Listen to me tonight when I tell you this. You've got to stay anchored in the truth of God because there will be a time in your life that that unsound doctrine will be coming your way. Deception will be coming your way. Amen. Today, like never before, I believe, there's going to be a lot of things that's going to try to uh, sway you and, and try to cause you to turn back from following God or or turn back from following truth and go follow another truth. That's a dangerous place to be at. Number two, doctrine will help to settle our lives. Amen. So there is an academic responsibility for us not only to be aware of the doctrine, but to learn and know how to give a ready answer. Amen. 1 Peter 3.15 says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And he said, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Put yourself in a place to where you've got some biblical knowledge and understanding of what you got. So that when somebody says, hey, I, I need hope, you and I can tell them, a word from God that will help them along the way. Paul Wright wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 4 and verse 14 through 16, and notice what he said. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Verse 15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. 
Verse 16 says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So there you have it. Doctrine will help to settle our lives. Number three, doctrine will help to acquaint us with the details of God's eternal plan. So let's look at this. I'm going to finish up here in a moment with this introduction, but just follow me for just a few minutes more. Uh, Number one, doctrine will help to acquaint us with the details of God's eternal plan. One, concerning the history of Israel, Paul writes 1 Corinthians 10, 1, moreover, brethren, he said this, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. So concerning the history of Israel. Number two, concerning the restoration of Israel. He writes again, Paul does in Romans eleven twenty five. He said, for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of, of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. The next concerning spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1, he said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, he said, Again, I would not have you ignorant. See, these are things that we're going to be going through in the Word of God that, that hopefully it will give us some understanding, amen, even, even if it might be uh, more on the basic level to understand what these things are, that will help us that we can, that we can get into the Word of God, amen, and, and, and put everything in context, and what, whether it's the spiritual gifts, the fruits of the Spirit, whatever it will be, amen, we don't, we don't, He doesn't want us to be ignorant, and I don't think that we need to try to follow those things ignorantly. You need a fundamental biblical foundation to understand what each of these are. Again, concerning the rapture, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, but I would not have you, once again, he said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. I look at that scripture a lot. Amen. Concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Amen. That, that's one reason why we need to stay in the church and we need to take this gospel to each and everybody that we can because we want them to have hope like we have hope. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So concerning the destruction of the earth, this is important. A lot of people don't want to deal with this, especially in this day and time. They don't want to think about what is coming uh, to the earth and coming on the earth. So let me just give you a little uh, part of this and we'll delve into it later. But 2 Peter 3, and we're going to read verses 8 through 10. Notice what it says. Once again, he says, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Verse 9, he says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. So I'm going to tell you right now, if, if, if we pray any kind of a prayer, we need to pray the prayer Lord, I want to thank you for your long-suffering. I want to thank you for your long-suffering. I want to thank you, Lord, for putting up with me 
amen, and still putting up with me, amen, and helping me try to get, get uh, on the right track and stay on the right track. So he said, uh, not willing that any should perish, uh, but, but as long, I'm sorry, as some in counsel slackness, but as long suffering to us were, not willing that any should perish, <clears throat> but, but, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. But the day of the Lord, verse 10, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And, and, and the heavens with the, uh, which the earth shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So there is a day that's coming that the word of God will teach us about concerning the destruction of the earth. Now, we have all these, pan we got a pandemic going on right now. We got all kinds of things going on in the world. And, uh, uh, you know, the world that we have is a beautiful place. I love it. It's a creation of God. Uh, this is a beautiful time of the year, green grass. Uh, I've got a, uh, my wife put a wreath on the front door, and I've got a robin that comes there and lays her eggs every year. And I, I went to the door yesterday uh, morning. The eggs were still not hatched. Uh, went there later on the day uh, in the evening, and sure enough, when I looked in there, there was one little bird with the head popping up, uh, wanting to know where's mama around. I want some food. Uh, the beauty of the creation of, uh, of God is amazing. Uh, we've got all kinds of birds around our house. They, they like to find the gutters to lay their nest, uh, the wreath on the door to lay a nest, uh, the light outside my back door to lay a nest. And then my wife, I think she feeds the county, all the birds that are out there. I think, uh, I think all the birds in the county, they must chirp to one another and say, hey, we're going to go to Pastor Heideball's house. Uh, she's put out some more food for us. So we got the woodpeckers that come. we got the blue jays that come. we got the red birds that come. we got the spar sparrows that come. We got the little uh, finches that come, yellow finches and whatever other color. So we got them all. But, but it's the creation of God, the beauty of God. All this stuff is beautiful. But he says, look, there's going to one day come destruction. And a lot of people don't like that. They just think it's going to go on forever. We'll settle this problem. We'll settle another problem. The next problem, we're going to settle it. Yeah, we'll have this a year from now, two years from now. And that's the way they think. But they don't realize uh, in, their, in their mind as a human they think that one day, you know, we're going to suffer some things. But they really don't know what the real end result. So we need to get into the Word of God and, and, and understand and get a grasp uh, on things like concerning the rapture of the church, concerning uh, the tribulation period, concerning, uh, uh, you know, uh, the uh, millennium, concerning the great white throne of judgment, whatever. Just getting in uh, and, and, and knowing what all this is about and what's coming down the pike. Praise God. So thank God every day for His long-suffering. Right? Amen. Number four, uh, doctrine will afford to us the approval of God. In other words, when we become mature saints of God. Now, let me say this. When we become mature saints of God, we need to act like it. I'm not hearing an amen or anything out there. Can somebody kind of scream at your Facebook page right now? If we become mature saints of God, we need to act like it. Why? Because there's a greater hunger should be a greater hunger for the Word of God. Amen. A greater hunger to spread the Word of God. So the more that we hunger for the Word, the more disciplined that our study of the Word of God will become. Amen. Paul writes again in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study, he said, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number five, doctrine provides a clear biblical basis of our uh, foundational beliefs. 
Our theology must be explicitly based on the Word of God. Not on some book you pick up, not on some magazine you pick up, not even what you hear on a radio program or whatever, but you as an individual, as a saint of God, whether you are just a babe in God or whether you're a seasoned saint of God. Amen. You, 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 everything you have, your theology needs to be wrapped up explicitly in the Word of God. I don't, know what, I don't want to know what you say. I want to know that what you're saying is based in the Word of God. And so when one attempts to factor in extra biblical literature, an example, uh, the early church fathers, creeds, uh, you know, all these, all these different writers and, and things in the past, uh, many times there's a potential for spiritual error that, that, that can come and greatly increases. That's why I told a lot of our ministry team um, some time ago, I just want you to read uh, stuff that, that, that comes from our authors uh, and, uh, and things that you can get a good biblical foundation before you start reading all this other stuff because really honestly, uh, and I'm going to tell you the same thing, if, you, if you're wanting to know something about what can I read that will help me grow, uh, then uh, come to me and I'll give you some suggestions and some of our other ministry team can give you some suggestions because you need to read stuff. I believe you need, to, you, need to know, you, be, you need to know who's feeding you, if I can say it that way. You need, a conf, you need to have a confidence on what you're being fed is something that will, that will nurture you and help you grow and not something that will uh, maybe poison you against the truth of God. So uh, having said that, uh, I speak from uh, experience. Uh, I've lost many friends because they delved off in some of this other stuff and it ended up tainting them and uh, end up destroying uh, their relationship uh, as we know it with God. And so uh, it's important that you understand greatly about how the Word of God operates. So it, it will give you that, that, that clear biblical basis of foundational truth. So when you read that other stuff, be very careful uh, and ask us. You need to have a fundamental, basic uh, thing that you're standing on the Word of God. Not just basic, you need to you need to really know that what you're reading is going to help you grow and not hinder your growth. So uh, you don't want to be, uh, 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 you know, you don't want to you don't want to get in the in the column of uh, suffering from error. So so therefore, all scripture is profitable uh, for doctrine, and likewise, we must adapt to the pattern uh, of the Bereans who carefully pursued the evidence found within scripture. The evidence found within Scripture. Here you go. Acts the 17th chapter, verses 10 and 11. Notice what it says here. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. And verse 11 he says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness, of mind and search the scriptures daily whether those things were so understand they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scripture daily wanting to know are these things so so it's important number six doctrine provides a clear explanation of the word of God 
So studying the doctrine is, uh, is not intended to result, uh, I believe, in confusion or uh, frustration. Uh, <clears throat> I, don't believe, I don't believe studying it should fill your life full of uncertainty or doubt. And if it is, you need to uh, uh, search one of the ministry team out or myself and, and uh, uh, begin to kind of go back and forth and try to figure it out uh, and get some knowledge on it or understanding. So you don't, you don't want, uh, you don't, it's not, reading the Bible and doctrine is not intended to create that kind of confusion or frustration in your life and doubt. So once, once we allow the Word of God to have uh, the final say, which I believe it is the final say on issues, uh, I believe that our hearts uh, can remain at peace and rest with Him. So, so one can understand that the new, the new birth is essential. The baptism is essential. Uh, tongues are still the initial evidence, as the Scripture says, of the new birth. And the gifts of Spirit are still the New Testament church. And that we can have hope, hallelujah, in the rapture that will remove or take out, catch away, a waiting church, his bride, from this world. In Titus 1.9, notice what he says. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able, to, able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. In other words, you need to become sharp in the word of God. Holding fast the faithful word that you've been taught. Don't turn loose of it. Just about done. Give me two minutes. Number seven, the doctrine can be applied to our daily lives in a sense of, a, of godly and righteous living. So when you look at theology, uh, theology is to be lived, it's to be sung, it's to be prayed. It's, part, it's your life. It's who you are now. Amen. And so the entire Word of God brings applicational truth to our lives. Apply it. That's where it works. If it's only something in a book, in the Bible, amen, it's not going to do anything for you. But when you read it and you begin to apply it, that's when it goes to action. That's when it goes to work. It's going to touch your life. So the entire Word of God <clears throat> brings application, truth to our lives. And so the more we know about God, the more we know about His Word, and the, the more we know about His plan, amen, for mankind, the more we are able to trust, worship, and the more readily we are to obey Him. Hallelujah. So first. Timothy 6.3 is my last scripture for tonight, and uh, it simply says this, If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. If any man teach otherwise, 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 and consent not to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. So it lets us know the Word of God is to be followed. The Word of God is to be obeyed. We, we should submit ourselves to the Word of God and the things of God. Amen. Especially going into these, these, this day and time that we live, uh, uh, I, I believe that the Lord is, one, is, is going to come for His church. Uh, we know that. We, we talk about it. We sing about it. We read about it. Amen. And I know that's going to happen. And it can happen, folks, really at any moment. So your discipline to get into the Word of God and establish that relationship with God. Now, it, it could be so easy right now as we are not together. We don't, we, you know, right now you're probably just sitting there, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and watching tonight. But it could be so easy for us to let our guard down 
and, and really get out of the habit of coming to the house of God. But I'm praying that during this time, a hunger will begin to grow in us. That, that we're going to say, you know what? I'm going to put these petty issues aside. These things that were bothering me two months ago, a month and a half ago, I look at them now and I realize that they're not profitable to me. And, and when I come back to the house of God, or even before I get there, I'm going to be praying for a massive revival. I'm going to be praying for my prodigal son, my prodigal daughters, uh, my brother, my sister, whoever it might be, father, mother, that God will get a hold of them and let, their un let them understand uh, the, the, the moment that they are living in and that the Word of God is the only thing that they can get a hold of that is going to right their ship and get them on the right track to where they can get back uh, on that uh, pathway uh, 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 in their relationship with God and make their election sure and make sure they're ready to meet the Lord. So I'm praying tonight that, that, that being away from each other, uh, that, that something will grow in you, a faith will grow in you, a hope will grow in you, a, an enthusiasm, uh, an excitement will grow in you and take the place of, of the anguish and the unbelief and the doubt and the things that's trying to fill our minds right now uh, in this day and time. So uh, I'm going to pray before we close. And uh, uh, just pray the prayer with me. God, uh, let, me, let me become stronger. Let me, let me dig down a little deeper in your word. Let me stay in the center of your will, even if we're not together as a church body. Can you pray with me like that right now? Lord God, we thank you once again for this opportunity that we've had to come together and to share this time together. And I pray, Lord, that your word that we have ministered tonight, Lord Jesus, would in some way uh, touch our, uh, you know, our, our saints' lives and whoever else is watching and, and let them know the importance of getting into your word, reading your word, studying your word, praying, seeking your face, and growing in you. I pray, God, that we realize the importance of having a solid, firm foundation to stand on, and that is your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. And so, God, amen, let it illuminate our pathway. And I pray, God, that you would bless our people. Amen. Whatever they're going through right now, that we may not know what it is. I, I know we got several sick folks, some that are still in the hospital, some that are suffering from different sicknesses that's had surgeries and so on and forth. God, that you administer to them. Let them feel your touch. Amen. Let them feel your, your healing power. Uh, let your virtue flow, we pray. And draw us nigh to you. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. And let everybody say, Amen. God bless you. We'll talk to you later. Glory adios. Praise God. I didn't know how many seconds I had, guys.